This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher here with you. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Hopefully it was a happy and healthy holiday for you guys and uh, your families. Uh, I know my three and five-year-olds loved it. And uh, it was exhausting for us parents, but it was a lot of fun to see all their joy and just uh, great reactions to opening up some of those presents. Uh, but I had to put pause uh, I hit the pause button here. Now I'm putting out this podcast because I, I recorded with Michael Tulip just as everything was happening. The AP Top 25 coming out and Illinois being one spot outside. But more importantly, Illinois going on pause, a COVID pause uh, for the Illini, which comes as really no surprise, to be honest with you, talking with people in the program uh, about the week ahead at, at the Bragging Rights game. And there was just some doubt of whether this Florida A&M game would happen, whether it would be because of Florida A&M or whether it be because of Illinois but with Omicron variant of COVID-19 spreading quickly throughout the country, it does seem like uh, the symptoms are, are less, especially for the vaccinated people, and that it's it's not as, as harmful to people who get it, which is a good thing, but it is sweeping through the country right now. It felt like with players going home uh, for the holidays that uh, there could be some issues, and, and that is certainly the case as Illinois announces. They've had positive COVID-19 results, uh, plural, within the program. Uh, so this Florida A&M game did not mean a lot. It, it was a home game, so revenue-wise, uh, it, it certainly meant something for the program. But uh, actually, you know, when it comes to the metrics for Illinois, this actually helps their <laughs> their net ranking and all of that because Florida A&M, not a very good team, and actually drags down some of those metrics for Illinois. Um, but still, uh, not a good thing when you have to go through this. All the tickets that were bought through Illinois will be refunded. If you bought them through a third party, StubHub, SeatGeek, Vivid, uh, other companies, you'll need to reach out to those directly uh, if you don't get refunded for that. Illinois did say in their release the next schedule game is for Illinois uh, is on Sunday, January 2nd at Minnesota. They do not say that game will be played. And to be honest with you, just with the protocols that we've had in place for a long time, it would seem unlikely that will be played. That's just me reading, you know, the, the quarantine periods, what it takes for people to come back. And, and the Big Ten has been dragging its feet on uh, changing its policies. And, and here's the thing is, you know, I am double vaccinated. I have been boosted and I got boosted at the right time. I, you know, I'm at this point thinking I'll probably get it at some point, but I've done everything I can to stop the spread. I've done everything to take care, take care of myself and my family, my kids being vaccinated, uh, the one who can be, my wife being vaccinated and boosted, um, all of that. And the sports world, just like the rest of us, are going to have to adopt or adapt, excuse me, to living with COVID because it's it's not going away. It seems like this is going to be like the flu. Uh, that it's going to be with us for a while. And and I think right now what we're seeing is the messiness of adapting to that, uh, especially for the vaccinated, right? Like 
for those of us who are vaccinated, the, the rates of infection are lower. The rates of symptoms are lower. A lot of people that are getting this right now are asymptomatic who are vaccinated. So uh, those of us who are vaccinated aren't experiencing that. And, and a lot of people aren't. Uh, if they've had serious symptoms and recovered from that, they now at least have some immunity to that. So, I, I mean, I have pushed for everybody to get vaccinated in my life. And uh, whether you choose to do that or not, um, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't at this point, but uh, that's your decision. And we're going to have to learn how to live with this. And I think what we're going to have to see from, you know, sports leagues, and I think Adam Silver, who I respect a lot from the NBA, the commissioner there, has, has said that in, in recent weeks is we're going to have to learn how to live with this. And he's not putting his league on pause. Of course, they're going through a lot of issues right now. We've seen this with the Chicago Bulls who were hundred uh, percent vaccinated, right? Like they've had their issues here, but their players are healthy. They're back. They're, they're getting back onto the court and uh, they're dealing with it. But I think the, the major thing Illinois has to watch. And one thing we'll probably find out is, is uh, Brad Underwood has, not been shy in voicing this is the forfeiture policy. The Big Ten has not changed that. Before the season, they said if a team misses a game because of COVID-19 issues in their program, they will forfeit that. I think with the rate <laughs> that uh, is going through, I think that was a punishment for people who didn't get for programs that didn't have good vaccination rates. I think that was uh, a punishment for for teams who might try and cancel games and not make them up. Michigan. Uh, I think that was why it was put in place. But now we see Omicron that is spreading so much, even within vaccinated people uh, that are testing positive for this, even if they don't have great symptoms. Uh, I think the Big Ten has to change that. We've seen all these other conferences start to change that and uh, change how many days p- people got to be out if they test positive. Um, you know, if you're vaccinated, especially, it doesn't seem like from everything I've read that it sticks with you as long, that you're shedding the virus as much. If you do get it if you, and you are vaccinated you still and you are asymptomatic, you still can spread it. Right. That's why they held these people out. But um, it sounds like it doesn't stay in your system quite as long if you're vaccinated. So I'm not trying to play doctor. I'm not trying to tell you guys how to handle your life. But within the sports world, I think you're seeing the NBA, the NFL adapt to a world where COVID-19 is going to be a part of our world. Right. And maybe not as threatening because we have remedies. We have vaccines. We have treatment. We have all these different things, uh, thanks to our great medical experts uh, and doctors and researchers that have just so quickly put all this together. And with so many people getting it, you know, there's going to be a little bit more immunity to this. So uh, we're still going to be able to get these things. So how does testing evolve? How does protocol evolve? We're going to see all those things. But Illinois, obviously, is trying to get out in front of this. And I talked to Michael Tulip about this during our podcast that we recorded before this all broke, that if there's a time you actually wanted to deal with this, it's probably now, right? Florida A&M, not that important of a game. This team really didn't need that game. Uh, the biggest thing is that Illinois doesn't get the revenue from that game, right? But if you lose one home game, this would be the one home game you'd probably want to miss, even though they were close to a sellout. But you have Minnesota this weekend, and then you got Maryland next Wednesday. So this is maybe the time you want to get it in the schedule, but also you don't want to, you don't want this happening in late January. You, now, if if it spreads throughout the team, we could see a messy month here, right? But you'd rather that now than deal with uh, in March, right? When, when you're playing for championships and maybe certain people uh, can't be on, right? Can't be on the court for you when, when it matters the most. So if you're thinking just in the sports specific terms, which we are here, that is, that's the upside of this happening now. But uh, you do worry about 
you know, does this disrupt the next month? I mean, the Chicago Bulls have been dealing with this for a month of players being in and out. We've already seen Illinois have this, you know, year where everything has been so disruptive. Uh, here's a, here's another disruption. You know, Brad Underwood said last year, whoever's not disrupted by COVID the most might win the NCAA championship. Well, being in their bubbles really help them avoid all that stuff. This year, they're not in bubbles, right? And they send them back home for Christmas break, which I can't blame them for, especially with all these guys being vaccinated. But it's just, uh, it's part of 2021. It's a weird year. It's a, it's a weird time. And we're all adapting to this as it goes along. And it's it's just made for a little bit of messiness. Now, uh, I would expect the Illinois and the Big Ten uh, are, are discussing things right now about that Minnesota game. You know, how many players do they need? All that stuff. Just this is where you need leadership at the Big Ten. And for the last two years under Kevin Warren, we just haven't gotten that proactive leadership. While the ACC and Jim Phillips, which are dealing with their COVID issues, seem to be on top of things. So that's what you're looking for right now is is what's going to happen if Illinois has to not participate in this game at Minnesota or what does testing look like or how many players can they have available for Minnesota. So uh, we'll hear from Brad Underwood, I'm sure, in the next couple of days. He's got his radio show uh, tonight, so maybe we'll learn a little bit more about that. But coming up next, I talk with Mike Latulip. Uh, we talk a little bit vaguely um, because we felt like this could be uh, something that comes up for Illinois about the COVID issues. But we talk about the bragging rights game. What a big win for Illinois in the bragging rights game. And we talk really about the year. Uh, that has been 2021 for Illinois basketball. Obviously some ups and downs, but mostly ups. Uh, outside of that Loyola loss, mostly ups. Uh, so I get Michael Tuop's thoughts on 2021 for Illinois basketball. So coming up next, Alana Inquirer basketball analyst Michael Tuop breaks down Alana Hoops. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
And joining us now is Mike Latulip, our Illini basketball analyst here at Illini Inquirer. And uh, Mike, it's been a happier uh, holiday here as Illinois finally gets a win in the bragging rights and just a convincing one. I mean, 25 points, 88-63 uh, is actually uh, doesn't look as good for Illinois as it was for most of this game. Uh, but man, I mean, that, that was a convincing win. It's, a, it's not a good Missouri team. You wonder about the future of Kwanzo Martin there. Uh, even though Brad Underwood has struggled in this, obviously Illinois has taken way more strides with, with the, the, those two programs over the last five years. So just your overall thoughts on a, just a, a convincing Illini route. Yeah, I think typically in this game, you, you tend to see it played a little bit closer no matter, no matter what the records are. And especially in my experience there in four games that I was in, we played, you know, we played some pretty, some pretty close games, but you know, I, the, the whole Mizzou's not a good team, you know, they aren't a good team. So that's what you do against not so good teams. You know, you run them out of the gym and that's exactly what they did. And in terms of how they did it, um, I thought they set the tone from a physicality standpoint. There's, there's just no question who set the tone. And, and 22 seconds into the game, it was pretty evident. Jabe Grandison running down the court, turns back around, sets a little screen in the backcourt and basically uh, a back-breaking screen. And, and those are, and Coleman Hawkins did it in the first half as well. Those type of just heady, that's not a, that's not a setup play. That's not, Trent Frazier didn't call for it. That's just Jacob Grandis and Coleman Hawkins going out and making physical plays. And I thought that ended up being the story. I thought, you know, on the glass, setting up cuts, screens, um, the activity in the gaps, it just, it, it was a full 40 minutes, which I think for the most part is what's been kind of their, I guess their Achilles heel at times is putting together 32 really good minutes. And I thought despite Mizzou going on a little bit of a run, um, I thought they put together a pretty complete performance and, and just pretty much overwhelmed Mizzou on the defensive end. And then once you add a three-point barrage on top of it, it's, it's, it's hard to stop that avalanche. Yeah, I want to bring this up, Mike, because the last eight games, we've talked about good offensively this team has turned into, and the last eight games statistics are ridiculous. Last eight games, 86.8 points per game, 58% from the field, 12.5 three-pointers made per game at a 44.4% clip. Um, now, it's going to get tougher during Big Ten play, right? There, there's better athletes or better teams. Uh, usually the Big Ten's pretty good defensively, but we saw them succeed against Arizona. We've seen them succeed against Missouri, which kind of prides itself on being tough defensively. So is is this – how legit is this offense, which I, I'm guessing over that eight-game stretch, I don't have the numbers, is the number one offense in the country. Yeah. Right now in Kempom, it's number 10 uh, for the season. I think this is much closer to who they actually are. If it's going to be at this clip, like it has been this last eight games, doubtful. Uh, but I still think the pieces that that make it all up and the way it works together, we'll show it in the film breakdown here. But and we we showed it countless times what Kofi creates for these outside shooters, and now the way that Alfonso Plummer has been playing, and you saw Mizzou do it. And these teams are starting to do it a little bit, and Brad Underwood starting to put them in ball screen situations which is awesome because if he can handle it, they're hard hedging him um, in certain situations and they're trapping him in certain situations. So now not only do you have a big getting pulled away from the basket while Kofi rolls, now you have so many guys freed up on the backside for open shots because the help typically will come out of the paint for those rotations. 
but they don't want to leave the paint because Kofi Coburn's down there. So either you have a wide open three, or if they do leave the paint, now you're going to have a guard rotating over that's going to have to hold the fort down with Kofi down there while the big that was hedging returns. So I've, I've noticed just really, really smart stuff from the Illinois staff of, hey, let's put Alfonso Plummer in some ball screen situations. If they want to drop, go into drop coverage, he's going to have a pull-up. He's going to have pull three, pull-up two. He can get downhill. He can attack a big. But also, if they're gonna if they're gonna trap, he's shown that he can throw out of it. He had the, you know, the I guess the play that I'm referring to in the first half. He got trapped. Kofi rolled. They stayed home, and he just threw a, a little hook pass to out of the trap to Jacob Grandison for, you know, Jacob Grandison, the 50% three point shooter, um, you know, wide open for three. So I think they've found different ways to utilize their personnel, and I think that's a lot of credit to this coaching staff. And, and how they've been able to to do that without making Alfonso Palmer ball dominant, mm-hmm. right? And and not really taking away from what he's good at. So I, I thought that's been fantastic. But you talk about the rate at which they're doing this. I mean, Brad Underwood touched on it before the season, just how talented this team was offensively, how well they could shoot the ball, how Alfonso Plummer is the best shooter he's ever coached. I think that's pretty much <laughs> proven to be true at this point. Um, but, you know, you go back through and you see how these teams shoot the ball. I mean, go back to the last, you know, let's go back to 2015, for example, or maybe let's just go back to the last six Final Fours. I mean, this team obviously has aspirations of getting to a Final Four. So how is that done? The teams that have reached the Final Four, if they have done it, like what have their numbers look like? When you look back on these past, let's say, six Final Fours, you know, there have been only – five teams that have shot below 37% from three, five teams out of 24, you know, over the last six final fours. And when you, when you look at those teams that, that didn't shoot over 37%, okay, well, what what else were they doing? You look back at 2018 Michigan, right? Um, You think like Duncan Robinson was on that team. They actually shot below 37% from three, but they were the number three defense in the country and they were number four in terms of taking care of the ball, right? You keep going down the list, Carolina, North Carolina won the national championship in 2017. They shot, I think 35% from three, but they were the number one offensive rebounding team in the country. And they actually had the number one offensive efficiency in the country because they were just so dominant, Kennedy Meeks, Bryce Johnson in the post. And then, you know, that same final four, South Carolina was 33% from three but they were the number three defense in the country. So, you know, you look at these teams and what they've done over the years to achieve those type of things. And Baylor last year, right, wins the national championship, shoots 41% from three. They're the fifth offensive rebounding team in the country. Um, Those things tend to really help you out. Um, And when you shoot almost 40% from three and when you're a top five offensive rebounding team in the country, those are, yeah, number two now, those are teams that go far in March. The issue is, you look at all these teams that have gone to the final four the last five years, not one of them has been 300 or above in turnover, in turnover percentage. Right. So that's where you look at this team and you think how good they are offensively. And they still have so much improvement from a, you know, from a taking care of the ball standpoint. So I think that, that that's even more reason to, to be optimistic and not just sit here and think, oh, water's going to find its level and they're going to start missing shots. It's just, hey, you know, they may start missing shots, but if they start taking care of the ball better, then those missed shots go right back to the number two offensive rebounding team in the country. So it's it's a tough team to prepare for. It's a tough team to scout for. Um, 
and they're becoming a really tough team to play night in and night out. Yeah. You mentioned this last week about uh, Alfonso Plummer's last eight games. He's now averaging 22.9 points per game during that. Uh, there's only one player in the country this season that's averaging more than that, and that's Keegan Murray. Then you have Kofi Coburn, who's fifth in the country in scoring at 21.8 points, uh, third in rebounds right now at 12.8. Oscar Shibway is averaging 15.8 or something like that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and then I just want to mention Jacob Grandison. I, I just had this thought. Um, and obviously Trent Frazier is playing incredibly well right now, shooting really, really well from three over the last you know five or six games. But Jacob Grandison shooting 51% from three right now. And I look at his game, and I've, I've watched him now for, for the last you know tw- 10 games he's played this year, and I'm sitting there going, there's some Isaiah Livers there. Like I, I'm sitting there going, like he's, eight, he's like 85% of Isaiah Livers right now. We don't think about him like that because livers was this great player for michigan and grandison kind of played this small role um but it's been amazing what the the kind of jump he's taken and maybe we shouldn't be too surprised because he's been a leading scorer for a team on the division one level but uh, his efficiency is ridiculous and i think we need to be talking about him more as like he's gonna have a long professional career and I, i i wrote in my christmas column Get him a G League contract. See what he can do. <laughs> because if, if you can shoot like that, you got that offensive skill, you might have a chance. And he's already a high IQ guy. And you go and look at that in the zoo game in particular. And there were just so many high IQ plays, big and small. I mean, he's inbounding the ball in the second half. He realizes that Brazil was guarding him and goes and leaves to trap. So he literally tries to get a running start as he's inbounding it and inbounds it and gets it right back and dribbles up the floor and they're able to spray it around and hit a three. And all that stems from just being heady, right? Not just staying there and getting it in. Not Brazil can come off and guard. Like he does such a tremendous job of reading the game and just being a basketball player. I mean, you talk about the cut that he made in the first half off the back door. Hawkins hits him. He dumps it off to Kofi. He has just been, you know, and I talked about the physicality standpoint. I mean, he, he kept balls alive, you know, against Missouri he's setting those kind of crackback screens uh in the backcourt but his production I mean he's nearly 13 a game and and I was almost surprised when I saw this he's not anywhere close to 30 minutes a game I mean he's 24 minutes a game uh putting up 13 a game shooting 50 percent from three two to one assist to turnover ratio he he is really proven to be just completely indispensable um and when you have a guy that can do, I mean, his, his per 40 minutes, his per 40 minute numbers are like 22 a game, like 22 and eight. It's something crazy, but um, he's been such a, a, a key cog for this team. He really has. Uh, and I think if he can, is he going to shoot at a 51, 52% clip for the rest of the year? I, I'm not sure there's anything to prove right now that he can't do it. I mean, from how he shot it last year and the way that these guys are going to be guarded, uh, which a lot of this focus is going to be on Kofi. And frankly, a lot of focus is going to be on Plummer moving forward as well. Grandison is going to keep being the benefit, the beneficiary of that. So I've been really impressed with him. Uh, he's, he's one of my favorite players to watch here in the recent years, just because he's Johnny on the spot. He, he does the little things and he's willing to, to just do whatever's asked of him. Uh, no matter how big or small his role has to be, it seems, he seems to always make contributions. 
Mike, I want to ask you about the schedule coming up, and, and obviously there's going to be some concerns here with with players going home, coming back, with all these COVID things. I think we're going to see some disruption here in college basketball, a lot of it. But I do want to ask you about the year that's been, 2021 for Illinois basketball as well, because kind of a time of, of, of reflection here. Uh, I did ask Brad uh, about the defense, uh, and because obviously the offense is – taken huge strides over the last eight games you think of what what they were against Cincinnati and, and what they've been the last eight games but uh, defensively it's not as been as consistent uh, but you've had some solid performances against some some not so great offenses um, but what what do you think of where they're at defensively they're trending up when it comes to some of those defensive metrics how good do you think this team could be defensively because obviously uh, to win the Big Ten, to to be a you know second weekend team, uh, you're going to have to defend when shots don't go in, and at some point shots aren't going to go in. I would imagine uh, for this team. Yeah, you know, look at that Missouri game. Just in a nutshell, I think if you can bottle that effort, you know, bottle up that effort defensively, the the focus defensively that they had, uh, that if that is going to be the team that, and this is the way that they defend moving forward and through the Big Ten slate. I mean, that's, that's a Big Ten championship-type level team. Uh, there's no question about it. I think um, those guys were so dialed in. And, and honestly, I, I was so impressed with Alfonso Plummer uh, defensively, and especially in that second half. He had a couple lack-of-focused plays in the first half, but for the most part in the second half, he's taking two charges. Uh, you know, he's fighting through screens. He's squaring his man back up. Uh, he, he's walling up, as we like to say. Uh, he, he really is a such a key part of this defense because I truly think that their ceiling as a team is going to be predicated on what he does defensively and how, how seriously he takes it. We already know that it just, the offensive end comes so naturally for him, but this team in general, you know, you always want to continue to, to hit that upward trajectory. Right. And like I just mentioned, whether it's offense, whether it's defense, there's still a little bit to be desired there defensively. And I think they're definitely moving in the right direction. The offense I, I'm not worried about the offense. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure there's anybody that's worried about the offense. Uh, it's shoring up the, the taking care of the ball for sure, which is another step that you can take to help your defense because those turnovers lead to fast break. They lead to open shots, and that's how you can help yourself there. You can help yourself defensively by helping yourself offensively. So um, I think that they're in a position right now with schedule moving forward. It's a pretty favorable schedule. Um you know, I, I really think that they have a serious chance to be 5-0 and heading into that Michigan game on January 14th. And it's really just going to be the, the attention to detail and the focus on the defensive end. But as we all know, it's the attention to detail and focus outside of those gym doors mm-hmm. because all these teams are getting hit hard with COVID pauses and, and what that does for your rhythm as a team, especially a team that's clicking on all cylinders right now offensively and, and getting there defensively. The last thing you want – is to all of a sudden go on pause and um, correct me if I'm wrong. Have they have they made a decision yet on the forfeit policy? I, they haven't yet. Um, so I, I mean, I, I would expect a lot of teams here uh, after going home for Christmas. Uh, you know, the AP poll is going to come out soon, and I don't expect Illinois to jump because there just haven't been many games, haven't been many teams that have lost in front of them. Um, but I, I would expect with with the numbers we're getting across the country, and you know, it seems like everybody. We, we know more people that are positive now with COVID than we ever have during this entire thing. I would imagine uh, that'll be the case uh, with most of these basketball programs. But, yeah, the Big Ten hasn't announced it. I, I think they're probably going to change it here, Mike, I, I would imagine, because there's going to be too many teams uh, that, that probably have a bunch of players testing positive here coming back. 
Yeah, and, and I think, you know, you look at the, the spikes after Thanksgiving, right? This is really when it all started to ramp up, you know, and now Christmas is even, is even crazier because I'm looking at this Illinois team in particular. They all stayed here. They all stayed in Champaign for Thanksgiving. You know, they had Thanksgiving dinner together, and I'm pretty sure some of them flew home, um, and, you know, for a couple of days. So, I, you know, I, I think it's almost a timing aspect. It's almost like you want to just get it, get knocked yeah. it out early. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, no, you're you, right. you don't want it in March. I, I, it's, well, Brad Underwood kept I mean, saying last year, the team who avoids COVID is the team that's going to win. Now it's like the team that gets it out of the way earlier. And I, I imagine most of these teams get it out of the way now. Like, that'll be the, that'll be the factor here because you certainly don't don't want it then i mean nba teams are going through this now you'd rather have it in the beginning of the season you know have those antibodies all that and and probably not get it is the wave you know lessons here so um if there is a time that you know think about this a year ago i feel better about it because all oh, these players are vaccinated and this shouldn't have you know terrible symptoms here um now is the time probably to, to kind of get this out of the way instead of march when you might have to go to an ncaa tournament or a big 10 tournament with eight players and, and some of your starters right. out there yeah yeah and, you, and like you said you're seeing it across the board so it's a weird time man it's a weird time i'm interested to see how they how these teams i'm not even sure combat is the right word because it's you know it just seems to be hitting anybody whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated just obviously it's in different ways but um yeah they did a fantastic job of it last year i thought they kind of you know were a model of consistency in terms of making sure they weren't positive and doing the right things and I think that that's part of the reason they they were able to take home a Big Ten tournament title um, because of that dil that diligence so same type of thing this year I know it's different you know now that people are vaccinated a little bit more I think it's I think people think they can step outside a little bit more and do more things so you know just trying to, to weigh hey how much does this mean to us mm -hmm. right and, and there'll be plenty of time after the season to go and do certain things but right now it's just focusing on the task at hand and um, I'm confident that those guys in the locker room are going to do that. Like I said, Mike, uh, we'll have it in minutes here. We're recording this. It's like 11 a.m. Uh, on Monday. Um, I, I don't think Illinois is going to be ranked this week, even though I think they are a top 25 team, right? Like you have to weigh in the losses to Marquette and Cincinnati, which still aren't great losses, right? Even no matter who you had uh, or, or w when it happened, but this this team's playing like a top 25 team this team's playing like a big 10 title contender i mean outside of purdue i don't know who people would have above them maybe ohio state ohio state's been really good speaking of a team on a covid pause um ohio state's really good michigan state's really good but illinois certainly is, is starting to look like the team we all thought in the preseason yeah and, and this is always the interesting part with the ap top 25 is we we, we just completely dig into the schedule right who have they beaten oh they beat this team this team's not any good or they lost to this team or if you just watch like i mean if you just literally watch this illinois team over the last i mean you've just going back to that kansas state game and on really uh, it's really hard to watch that team and not say hey that's that's a top 25 team um yeah i'm not going to go as far to say they're a top 10 team because you can't <laughs> like there's still steps you need to take to get there. And, and, you know, one of those things is just limiting your turnovers, but you're absolutely right. I, I, I think they are a top 25 team, whether or not that's reflected in the polls, who knows? I mean, you see everybody, every, a lot of media people want to put out their own polls. 
um, saw Jeff Goodman had Illinois at 25 and um, but really I, I really think that this the helped them in a way mm-hmm. um, being a little bit under the radar and I think with Curbelo out you know people expect a little bit less of this team and then all of a sudden you watch you're like man there are a lot of really really good players on this team really really good players I mean you talk about Kofi in general it's a wide open national player of the year race wide open I mean as I was having I was having a discussion with a buddy of mine the other day and you sit there and you say I who is it I, I don't know I mean you, previous years it's been it's been relatively obvious in, in some regard but you know Kobe's averaging career highs and points rebounds assists I mean you you name it it's hard not to throw his name in there but the team in general you know this is a team that's going to continue to uh, to hit their stride going into January I always say January is the the year that or the, the month that separates every team it's the dog days mm-hmm. you know you're on autopilot you're starting conference play practices get a little bit shorter so how much are you getting out of practice and that's I think this January is going to determine a lot for this team moving forward in their trajectory and and if that's reinserting Andre Curbelo into the rotation somehow I mean I think that's a big thing that you have to look for in terms of how they're able to do that and what that looks like um but that's what makes it all fun right you know just as a coach as a player just trying to fight through those obstacles and um you know COVID's obviously one of them like we mentioned but this team is unquestionably in my eyes a, a top 25 team Reigns to be seen here. I guess you said in a few minutes we'll we'll see if that if that comes true. Uh, yeah, right now odds to win the Wooden Award: Paolo Benchero, Duke, Drew Timmy, Gonzaga, are the favorites. It's uh, six to one plus six hundred. EJ Liddell deservingly uh, seven mm-hmm. to one. Okay, I got Agbaji, probably butchered that name out of Kansas. Ten to one. Jaden Ivey, Purdue, uh, twelve to one. And I just saw him at number four. I think in ESPN's mock draft. Uh, Shibway, uh, 16 to 1. Kofi Coburn, 18 to 1. I think that rises the more we get into Big Ten play. If, if Illinois wins the Big Ten or is number two in the Big Ten, they're a top 15, top 10 team by the end of the year. And Kofi's still averaging 20 and 10. He's going to be a first team All American and he's going to be in the, in the mix for that. Uh, for that that's for sure. Um, all right, Mike, before we get out of here, 2021, think about what this year was for Illinois basketball. I know it, it, it ends in the NCAA tournament, disappointingly. I know uh, the season didn't start well at two and two, but this is one of the best teams in the country over the last year. They went on that ridiculous streak last year that really started uh, mid-January. They win what was it? Uh, Got to remember myself. Fifteen of sixteen before losing to Loyola Chicago. Now they've won seven of eight. Have, have beat some really solid teams, especially Iowa. Um, and I think Notre Dame is is starting to look like a decent team, but. Obviously, this is this has been a huge turnaround year uh, for Illinois basketball. Just what has 2021 meant for this program? Well, this year in particular has been a complete gut check year. You know, you lose Io, you got injuries, you got suspensions, and I think it it really has shown where this program is at. Uh, the character of those guys in the locker room, how unconditional they are. Um, you know, but as, as a program in general, we talked about it before, you know, how do you measure a great season, right? Is it where you finish in the NCAA tournament? Is it, you know, is it conference play? Is it the Big Ten tournament? I mean, what is it? And I, and I always go back to growth. Did you grow? You know, did, your, did, you, did you grow throughout the season as a team? And it has your program grown. And, and I think there's absolutely no question that this Illinois program has done that over the years. And, and I think they've, they've done it with 
in different ways. You know, you, you go back to two years ago, the 2019-2020 season, and they, they were winning games in the 60s. That was just how they won games. Uh, they weren't a great outside shooting team, so they found ways to adjust. I've, I've always said with Brad Underwood, he's been able to, to make things work with his personnel. Uh, I, I think a lot of coaches are, you know, can be very reluctant. Hey, this is how we play. Doesn't matter who we have on the court. Even if it looks clunky, this is how we played the last 20 years. This is how we're going to play. He's done such a good job of molding the game plan. And credit to the staff, too, the whole entire staff, molding his game plan, molding their offense, their scheme defensively to what his personnel is. And I think that's a sign of a good coach. I think that's a sign of a good program with guys buying into that. Um, and you can see, too, with these players, you know, I look at the freshmen, and, and particularly you want to look at body language, right? You know, the freshmen that aren't playing or the guys that aren't playing on the bench, they're the first ones jumping up and clapping. And that's, that's not – it's not like that everywhere. Um, you know, I'm not inside that locker room every day, but there's certain things that you can look at as a spectator and be really proud of. And, and it's, it's this team's um, fight. It's the way that they've grown over the years. I mean, it's not like he inherited – uh, you know, just an unbelievable team. It's not like a Ryan Day situation where you come in, you're like, ah, we got a pretty good Ohio State team. He, he's really helped build this thing up. And I think that's been the most impressive part of it is he's done it in, in different ways and, and the team has been adaptable. But uh, Illinois basketball is in a really good spot right now. And I, and I think nationally starting to become a little bit of a name again. Uh, and I think that's, that's all you want. But you do that through the work that you put in. And, and this, this team, this program – uh, specifically some of these seniors. You talk about Trent, DeMonte, uh, you know, what Jacob Grandison has added to this program, Kofi Coburn, um, Alfonso Plummer in his, in his short stint so far. I mean, each guy has stepped up and made contributions and really put their handprint on, um, on what this program is. So uh, as, a, as an alum, as, as someone who played there for four years, I mean, it's, it's hard not to look at all that and just be, be proud of where they're at right now. Yeah, and I think of the the bad break you did get, um, you know, whether it's the the coaching staff turnover or the Loyola loss and, and that draw for the second round or Adam Miller entering the transfer portal. Um, but you got a third year of Io DeSumo and you made the most of it. You get some luck of getting Kofi back and NIL coming in right when that happens. You get the, the fortune of the super seniors being able to have a COVID year and Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams so that there wasn't this dip. Right, and, and that's a kudos also to Brad Underwood, the, the staff he has. I would include Adam Fletcher into that um, because of these guys wanted to come back. They saw upside, um, not only money-wise of coming back with NIL, but upside of improving their game, and they wanted to be here still. Like that's not the case everywhere. So um, they're making the most of that, and you know it's it's amazing. Like some of these players are going to go down as, as some of Illini fans' favorite of all time. Uh, and I think Trent has, has reminded people of that this year. Uh, and certainly Alfonso Plummer's so fun to watch. But, man, I, I, I think of, like, who had the best year for an Illini this year and as good as Iowa was, like Kofi Coburn, man. It's just um, one of the most impactful people in, in Illinois basketball history. Like, the, just what he's done uh, for this program. And, and, and Underwood and his staff and Orlando Antigua and – and everybody gets credit for developing him, including Adam Fletcher. But uh, he, he's definitely one of the all-time greats. No question. Um, we talk about before, right? Don't get bored with consistency. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's been – that's really been it with Kofi. You know, he's he stepped out, knocked down some 15-footers. You know, he's passing out of the post a little bit, but he's still sticking to who he is. And I think that's 
that's what's been so amazing about it. And, and you touched on IO and I want to make this point quickly. It's, it's, it's one thing for a guy to make a decision to come back for a third year when maybe, you know, he had some pro prospects and potentially could have gotten drafted, you know, but to come back and do what he did, it's, you talk about a recruiting tool, right. Or, or not even just recruiting tool. Now you're talking about keeping your players, you know, if they if they leave and they're a surefire NBA draft pick, great. But if there's still a little bit of development to have, they've proved that they can bring guys back and get to that next step. And that's that's not always the case in, in some programs. Guys can kind of be on that fence of drafted, undrafted, and then come back and kind of just, I don't know, wallow a little bit and, mm-hmm. and, and regress depending on who's around them, character of the guys in the locker room, strength coach, all that stuff. And I think he the way that they run that program is conducive for a guy that maybe wants to come back and get another year of development. And it speaks to the staff, it speaks to these players like I talked about. So um, Kofi's the same thing, yeah. uh, same exact thing, guy coming back and showing that yeah, there is no harm in coming back. You know, if you if it's a situation you're familiar with, if you've excelled in that situation, um, I think that's all really good, really good things for the kids, uh, one, but two, for this, for this staff and for recruiting tools moving forward, it's, hey, whether you stay one, two, three, four, five, Jordan Bohannon, six years, um, we can get the most out of your abilities. And I think that, that that's definitely rang true the last few years. Well, the AP poll came out just before we get out of here, Mike. Illinois one spot outside the AP top 25, which is probably a great thing for that program. 72 points. I think they had 49 uh, last week, so they're certainly getting more votes. But I think that's a good carrot in front of this team. They seem to play better uh, as the hunter, not the hunted. Of course, they did last year as the hunted and and did pretty well. Uh, Biggest win of the year last year, Mike? It's hard not to go at Michigan, right? Like that – Without Io, and you just absolutely crush uh, the Big Ten title winner. Yeah, yeah, it's it was it was Michigan for sure, and not only just the win, but how they did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a very uniting win. Not to say that they weren't united before, but I think it it reaffirmed for everybody where this program was at, regardless of who's in there. Uh, you know, the the guys that stepped up and. Uh, that's that's what's been really impressive I, I think it's just the guys that have stepped up in different ways when they've been called upon in different moments you know it, it helped Iowa it's helped Kofi you got to think I mean all these guys that have succeeded you know Iowa being an all-american Kofi being an all-american it's because of their teammates too uh if you don't have good teammates it's really hard in college basketball to not get completely swarmed loaded up, up on it, it's hard so you need to have good players and, and Illinois and this, the staff and they've done a great job of bringing in guys that that fit and can let these great players be great because they're byproducts of you know of really really great teammates well Michael Tulip it's been great to have you now on board this year it was a good year for us uh, because of that but uh, hopefully we got some basketball games to talk about next week but if not uh, we'll talk more about what lies ahead with Big Ten play uh, and in some exciting games coming up as you said uh, a nice schedule early on uh, against maybe some bottom half Big Ten teams before you get Michigan and Purdue coming into the State Farm Center Mike always appreciate the chats man and uh, we'll talk with you on the VIP film room absolutely man sounds good Great stuff, as always, from Mike Latulip. And uh, if you need a basketball fix this week with no uh, Illinois basketball game in the middle of it, Florida A&M, and we'll see about Minnesota, uh, Mike Latulip gives you a basketball fix with our VIP film room. He breaks down the Missouri game in detail, and he talks about winning plays. And uh, he just – he's so good. It's so good watching 
basketball with Mike and seeing him break things down that I don't see on the court because all of a sudden when I watch the games, uh, I'll see stuff that he talks about and that I am just a little bit basketball smarter uh, for listening to him and watching him. So check out that VIP film room. And if you're not a VIP member, it's just $1 for your first month. You could try it out. And I feel like after watching uh, the in-depth breakdown that Michael Tulip does or what Jay Lehman has done in the past, um, you'll feel like it's it's worthwhile. So check that out if you got the chance. We're still going to be busy this week at Illini Inquirer. we got a lot of year-end recap, kind of look back, reflection, as we all do this week between Christmas and New Year. Uh, but we also, I just had a great interview with an Illini football signee, and uh, it's just a fantastic story. I'm looking forward to, to working on that this week. I just talked with he and his family. So uh, it's one you'll definitely want to read and getting to know these guys uh, a little bit more. But uh, holiday basketball tournament, it's still going on. Derek Piper is going to get out. I'm hoping to get out and see uh, Chicago Kenwood at some point. Uh, so all the holiday basketball tournament around Illinois, uh, we're going to try and check some of that out. And uh, we'll keep you in tune with everything that's happening with the Illini basketball program as well at Illini Inquirer. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, and give us a rating and review as well. I know I say that all the time. I know you skip right past it. You don't think about it. But if you can, we really appreciate the support. And uh, if we don't do another podcast this year, which I probably will at some point, I was thinking about doing one with Joey Wagner, kind of recapping the year. Uh, But if we don't, thank you for all your support this year. Uh, It's been a wacky great year um, covering this Illinois program, Brett Bielma's first year, uh, Illinois basketball doing what it's done uh, so far in this calendar year. Uh, It's been a a blast. It's been a blast and we're able to do it because people like you, uh, especially our VIP members uh, on the site, we really appreciate that. But all you um, who just lurk and go on the free stuff or or listen to the podcast, we appreciate you guys as well uh, and letting us, allowing us to do what we do. And, And we love our jobs. It can be stressful like every other job. Uh, at times, but uh, it truly doesn't feel like a job most of the time. So thank you for allowing us to do that. All right, everybody, take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Inquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.